Okay, we are talking about the grace of God that uh, is, is being prepared for us. But uh, in order for us to enter into the grace that God has prepared, we must have faith. Okay, we must have faith, and in between faith and grace, there is a lot of hard work that we have to put in. You know, contrary to what uh, people think, oh, it's by grace, we just receive, you know, it costs us nothing. No, that's not true. Okay, uh, there, are, there are things that is totally the grace of God. Salvation is totally the grace of God. There's nothing we can do. But in order for this grace to be effective in our life, for us to experience the grace of God in our life, you know, there's a lot of hard work. So every one of us actually function in the grace of God. Okay? In the grace of God, we function. Uh, and in fact, the grace of God determines how we function. The grace of God comes to us, deposited into us to the gifting that He has already given to us. You know, even uh, in birth, the gifting that, 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 that we are born with, those are the grace of God that has already been prepared and deposited into our lives. As we grow, as we move on in life, the grace of God comes to us in terms of favor, in terms of opportunity that opens up to us in, for that grace that is deposited in us to blossom, to grow. We can function uh, outside the grace of God. Okay, uh, and we can still be successful because if we, if we apply hard work, determination to what we do, right? Even without, without uh, the continuous grace of God being poured into our life, we can still be successful. But you realize there is a lot of pain and suffering and even though you're successful, you are not satisfied. You're not satisfied. Look at the Apostle Paul. Before grace came into his life, he is a hardworking scholar. You know, he really gave himself to learn the religious laws and so on. And he has a far greater understanding of the law than his companion. And in fact, he was so successful that he was given authority to persecute the church, to deal with those who stand against the teaching. He was given authority, he had position. So you see, this man was successful without the grace of God. And in fact, he's fighting against the grace of God. But what did Jesus say to him on the road of Damascus? He said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against a prick. So you're hurting yourself. You're doing it, you know, they are paying their suffering as a result of what you're doing. It's hard. Stop it. Move in the grace of God. Move into what God has for you. That was the message God delivered to Saul. And that's why we can still be successful without functioning in the grace of God because of hard work, determination. And uh, another example is the non-Christian. Do they have the grace of God? Yes. 
the moment they are born into this world, is God's gift of life to them. And God has prepared His grace, God has prepared His destiny for this person, even though they do not know Jesus. But a lot of non-Christians, they are very successful. They are, sometimes they are more successful than the Christian. Because they discover their gifting, even though they do not know God. And they work very hard. And in fact, many of them are prepared to work harder than the Christian. Because a Christian, we have a mindset, God bless me, so I don't need to work so hard. And the blessing will come, so I'm waiting for that blessing to come. But a non-Christian, they depend on themselves. And so they discover the gifting which is God's grace. God's grace upon their life. So they use the grace of God, in fact, they abuse the grace of God in a sense that they use it to serve themselves. But it's still the grace of God. And when you apply the principle of hard work, you know, that means they believe they can be successful. They believe they have these talents. They have faith. Faith in the grace. Faith in the gift. Even though they do not know the giver. And so they work very hard. And they, many of them are very successful. Right? But they do it by themselves. They glory in their wisdom in their uh, schemes and in, in their cleverness and they are so successful. You can. You can function in a grace of God but actually you're abusing it for your own good because the grace of God is given to glorify God. It's given to serve God. It's given to minister to others even though it blesses us. Okay? So if God has placed His gift or His grace into our life, how do we know it? How do we walk into this grace and this calling that God has? I want you to look at Romans 1, verse 1. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. Okay, another verse, 1 Corinthians 1, verse 1. Paul called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. So when God has placed that uh, uh, gifting, that, that uh, grace into our life, He will call us. He will call us into walking in His grace. So Paul became an apostle. He said, by the will of God. It wasn't him trying to appoint himself. You know, there are people, I told you, who function out of the grace. They self-appoint themselves because they see apostle as a status, as a title that elevates them. You see, it's self. So they, are function, they try to function in the gifting, in, in, the, in the, uh, the, the position of an apostle, but not by the will of God. It's by their own doing. They want that position. They want that title. But Paul is so clear that he is an apostle of God because God has called him. It's the grace of God. It's the will of God that he become an apostle. So His grace come to us by His calling and 
His wills. You know, sometimes we, we really do not know our potential until God come and call us. Look at Peter, Simon. When Jesus saw him, Jesus already saw the grace of God that was upon his life the first time. He said, you are Simon, but you will be called Peter. Jesus saw the grace of God in his life. But Simon has no idea. He was a fisherman. He was an educator. You know, he couldn't imagine himself being called like a priest in a way, you know, in their understanding, to serve God. There's no way he can picture himself foul-mouthed, fisherman, rugged. You know, you wouldn't see yourself as a pastor, right? Right? To do rough work, you know, okay, <laughs> that's my calling. But to be, a, to be a pastor, to be a minister, to be an apostle, there's no way. But Jesus saw the grace of God. So he, later on, later on, Jesus called him, come, follow me, and be fishers of men. That's what I will make you to become because of the grace of God. So God will come and call us, right? Even though we're doing things which, which uh, well, is unrelated to our calling in a way or, or, or sometimes they're related, but we can't see the, the link. But God will come and direct you and call you into His grace, into what He's prepared for you. So Paul saw another example. We know that he was going against the grace of God. But the calling of God came and, 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 and he fell to the ground and, and God called him into the ministry. So he knows that God has called him to be an apostle and also an apostle to the Gentiles. Apostle to the Gentiles. Okay, so Paul so we respond to the calling of God in faith and obedience. When God comes and calls us, even though we feel we are not qualified, when Jesus called Peter, leave everything you have, come follow me. Oh, that takes faith. That takes faith. A lot of time when God's calling came upon our life, we keep looking at it. Our, ourself. We keep looking at our ability or our upbringing or our whatever uh, and, and we say cannot. We are not qualified. We are not worthy. We, we cannot do it. But Peter, uh, Simon, when Jesus called him, despite of who he is at that, that particular moment of time, he responded in obedience. He responded in faith. Believing this is the calling of God. This is what Jesus wanted him to do. So he's, he was prepared to leave everything and follow Jesus. So the Apostle Paul, he responded to the calling of God by becoming a servant of Christ Jesus. A servant of Christ Jesus. We read just now, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus. So Paul responded in obedience in submission, in thanksgiving, because he recognized that this is the Christ. This is the Messiah. This is the Redeemer. This is the one who 
despite of what he has done, will restore the calling of God, restore the grace of God in his life so that he can become who uh, he can, can be in Christ. Okay, so Paul responded by becoming a servant of Christ Jesus. Obedience, submission, and so on. So in order for us to enter into the calling of God, there is a letting go. A servant. You let go of your right. A servant means a slave in those days. You give up your right. You have no more right. You know, you follow what the master said. So in order for us to enter into the calling of God, there is a giving up. Just like Peter has to give up what he had. Right? In order to follow. You know, we may have to give up not necessarily what we have. We have to give up something. We have to give up maybe our opinion. Our will. This is what I want to do. No. Not that it's not good. It may be good. But God wants you to do something else. You have to give up. Right? Uh, in order to be able to enter into the calling of God. So, it's out of this uh, a calling we know who we are and we function in that calling. You look at uh, Paul as an example, the Apostle Paul. He knew he is an apostle by the will of God, by the calling of God. That's what he knew. Uh, he know about himself. This is who he is. This, is. this is God's grace. This is God's calling. And so out of this calling, he wrote the letter to the Romans. He has never been to Romans, or to Rome, or, or to that part of, of, of the, the, the world yet. So in a way, who is he? He's no inference, direct inference over the Roman church because he didn't plant the church. He's never ministered there. But yet he was able to write the letter, Romans, that, that we read, to the, to the Christian in Rome and instruct them and tell them things because he knew, I am an apostle to the Gentiles. And I am, even though I've never ministered to you, I am an apostle to you. Because that's my calling. That's who God has made me to be by His grace. You see, a lot of us, when we don't know who we are, we dare not speak, right? We always say, you know, who am I to talk to that person? Paul, the Roman Christian, has never met him but yet he speaks as if he is the servant of God. He is the apostle to them, and he speaks with authority. I just heard, uh, talking to the pastor, we talk about another pastor, and uh, he is a mentor, he is a godfather to this particular person. But this person is not behaving himself. Everybody knows. But this highly respected, very nice pastor doesn't know the truth. So finally, the news get back. Well, not, not the news get back. But the, just the surface news get back to him. You know, this guy, his godson is in trouble with the different uh, churches that he's associated with. 
And he called out my friend. He asked, what is happening? So my friend told him and said, you do not know what's going on. Nobody wants to tell you or dare to tell you. But this day, I'm telling you, this is the truth. This person is this, this, this. And you got to tell him that he's wrong. And this pastor said, I cannot. I cannot do that. I, I cannot let go of him. You see? You see, when we do not know our identity, who we are, you know, who we are in Christ Jesus, there are a lot of times we, we need to speak to one another. We dare not speak because we feel that, oh, you know, who am I? Right? Sometimes God is gracious. He forced us into a situation. We have to speak. You know, I tell you, there are a lot of times I don't want to speak certain things, but I have to because of who am I? Right? It's not easy. I tell you, it's not easy. But we got to know who we are. If I do not know who I am, I cannot function. It's out of knowing who I am, I function in the grace of God. You understand? Okay, uh, you can read about it in Romans 1, verse 9. Uh, God, whom I serve with my whole heart in preaching the gospel of His Son, is my witness how constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times. And I pray that now, at last, by God's will, the way may be open for me to come to you. So Paul, he spoke to the people as apostle, but he spoke to God as servant of the law. You see the difference? When he comes before God, he, he, he just humble himself, he just surrender himself, he's a servant. He wants to obey God. But when he speaks to the people, he says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. You know, sometimes we need to do that because people will bully us, people will intimidate us, people will challenge us and say, who are you? Of course, we don't, we don't react in the flesh, but we know you're not going to intimidate me. I am an apostle. I am a servant of God. I'm going to speak the word of God, whether you like it or you don't like it, because that is my calling. That's who I am. Okay, so we function out of our calling. We function out of the grace of God, out of the gifting of God. So now, we need to have a clear assessment of who we are. Okay, this is what we need to do because we function out of it. So if, we, if you undermine yourself, you look down on yourself, or you are filled with pride, you look at yourself far beyond what you should, then you're going to function wrongly, you know, and, and get into trouble. So we need to have a, a good assessment of ourselves uh, who we really are. Romans 12, verse 3. Romans For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Okay, so it's so important that you look at yourself exactly as how God sees you. Not what men say, not what you think, but how God sees you. 
and begins to function out of that calling and out of that grace. So Paul was able to say, for by the grace given me, I say to you. It's not that I think I'm so powerful, I'm apostle or whatever, no. It's because I know it's the grace of God that's upon my life. He has given me authority over you Gentiles because I'm your apostle. So by the grace of God, I speak to you. He knows he's functioning out of who he is, out of his grace, out of the calling. So do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. The word of God says, God give grace to the humble. You know, when we think too highly of ourselves, right, pride comes in uh, and, and we, we create problems. That's why Paul, before God, he's a servant. He's a servant. He humbled himself. That's why he keeps receiving grace. And then he said, uh, not, not just do not look at yourself more highly than you ought, but we mustn't look at ourselves more lowly than we should. Right? Especially, uh, we are brought up in a culture, the Chinese culture, where you, you are not supposed to, 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 to uh, how should I say, take pride in, in yourself. You know, you always depreciate yourself, always say you cannot, always say you're no good. You know, if, if other people praise your children, you know, those older generation, you know, I remember every time this lady come to my shop, uh, to our shop, and praise my mom about me, my mom would say, no, he's no good, you know. He's, he... So this is Chinese, Chinese. So if you learn those things, you know, you always think like that. You look down on ourselves. And that's why coming to become the, a son of God, to do things for the Lord, we always say, you know, cannot. We don't know how to do it. Right, so we've got to rise up. We've got to look at ourselves according to the grace that God has given to us. What, God, what grace has God put in your life? And begins to look at yourself appropriately. The younger generation is opposite. Because they, re, they receive praise all the time. You're not supposed to, to, to be negative about them. So they think too highly of themselves sometimes. But the older generation, we depreciate ourselves. We always look, look down on ourselves. So we look at ourselves according, uh, uh, with sober judgment, in accordance with the measure of faith God has given to us. Sober judgment. When you look at yourself with sober judgment, you look at your track record. You look at your ability. You look at your training, right? What you have gone through. So you have some measure uh, measuring guideline to look at yourself and come to a conclusion that, you know, I am good in this, I'm not good in that, I'm called to this, I'm called to that, right? So there is some measuring guidelines. You look at yourself with sober judgment, right? So can you see the word of God is so practical, so practical, not just spiritual. You know, some people say, you know, I don't know my calling. I don't know who, who I am. Have a good look at yourself. Look at what you have done. Look at what you can do. Look at your ability. Look at your training. Look at all these things and make a sober judgment about yourself. Don't say, I don't know. So we really need to have sober judgment about ourselves, right? Even though you don't see it, maybe you just need extra training, right? For instance, Peter, 
How could he see himself as apostle? There's nothing inside that he can see. So now he needs to train under Jesus and then become the apostle that God has made him to be. Right? So it doesn't mean that when you look at yourself, what you don't have, you say, no, I don't have. Right? God will lead you. And that's why the next, next uh, uh, statement is important. According to the measure of faith, God has given you. According to the measure of faith. So we are not just looking at factual things now to assess ourselves. We're just not looking... At, well, we, we need to look at a factual thing. But we're not confined by the factual thing that we see and say we cannot. But we have to look at ourselves according to the measure of faith. We can look at ourselves in faith. When God said to Abraham, you're going to be father of nation, he can look at himself in faith and say, I am Abraham. Call me Abraham. No more Abram because I'm father of nations. You see, you can look at yourself in faith. And we need to. Thank God. When we move in grace, we look at ourselves in faith. Not just a factual thing. But we start off with a factual thing. Right? Have an assessment of who we are. And then, God, what are you speaking to me? What are you saying? You know, I don't have, but I'm going to believe what you say. So according to the measure of faith that you have. Okay, so, so it really takes faith to operate in the grace of God. Right? This morning, we, we need to capture what God is saying and then act upon it. When you act upon it, that's faith. So that means there's a lot of hard work. The harder you work, actually, the greater is your faith because you really, really believe it can be done. Right? There are things that happens, but there are things that you really, really need to work hard at it. That's the expression of the faith that you have. Okay, so when we want to move in the grace God, we talk about, have true assessment of ourselves, and then we talk about faith. Faith to move in the grace of God. I want to give you an example in the Macedonian church. Let's look at it in 2 Corinthians 8, verse 1. And now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. I think there's something that I want to point out to you here. Paul is talking about the Macedonian churches. It tells us the early Christians, they, they operate, they function out of the grace that God has given to them. And that's why they accomplished extraordinary things in the early churches. But today, we just function according to our own assessment, what we can see, what we can do. And that's why we live very ordinary, just like other people, except we say we believe in Jesus, we are Christian. You see, but the early church, they function in the grace that God has given them, all of them, the churches. Uh, okay, and then we carry on reading the grace that God has given to the Macedonian churches. Verse 2, out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty well up in rich generosity. So how do they operate in grace? They did not look at what they have or what they don't have. 
Because in this case, they just don't have, they are in extreme poverty. They're suffering themselves, in, in, in suffering themselves, extreme poverty. But yet there is such a, a joy, overflowing joy in their heart. There's such generosity. Where does it come from? It comes from the grace that God has already prepared for His churches. And they tap into that grace. They move in that grace. That's why they're able to accomplish extraordinary things. They're able to give generously despite being in extreme poverty. Right? So that's how we move into grace. Because if you do not move into grace, you just look at what you have, what, what you don't have, so you just give a little bit. Uh, you know, it's, it's just all in the mind. It's not working in grace, functioning in grace. But we need to function in grace in everything we do. So they, they did not look at themselves. They just looked to God. Look to God. What God says. And they respond. So this is what we need to be extraordinary Christian. What God wants us to be. To be the light of the world. To shine. Not functioning according to what we can, what we cannot. But rather functioning in the grace of God. In everything we do. Okay? Verse 3. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. And they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. So the people who can operate in the grace of God beyond the natural ability, they are people who first of all gave themselves to the Lord. You can't tell them. You can't force them to do it. They got to first of all give themselves to the Lord. And this morning for us here, whether you are functioning in the grace of God or not in the grace of God, it boils down to are you giving yourself to the Lord? Are you offering yourself just like Paul? Say, I am the servant, slave of Jesus Christ. You know, until you do that, until you gave yourself to the Lord, you are not able to operate in the grace of God. You'll be, you will be operating according to your own ability, wisdom, understanding. Okay, so I put it to you in churches today. Most of us, we are not operating in grace. We are just operating in our human ability, human understanding. And we are not even putting a lot of effort into it. So can you see, the, the grace that is given is to minister to other people. You know, they minister to, to, the, to the, the, the famine that was in Jerusalem through their offering. Okay, so this morning, I'm going to stop here and, and, and just keep reminding ourselves the grace of God. We need to operate in the grace of God in order to function supernaturally, in order to be extraordinary. So we need faith. We need to present ourselves before God, giving ourselves uh, uh, to Him first of all, and not because of what others are saying. But at the same time, we need to have an assessment of ourselves, true assessment of ourselves. Let's stand to our feet at this time.